Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Glenn. Young man, young man. I'm going to hold on to that as long as I can, young man. Hey, Thrive, it's nice to be speaking with you this morning. Oh, I'm so excited about this morning. I mean, I, I'm generally quite a large morning person, get pretty excited at the best of times. I was chatting with somebody the other day um, about a friend of mine who's really ADHD. And I said, so I've got this friend who's quite ADHD. And she went, wait, more than you? And I was like, what? What do you mean more than me? I was generally surprised. Um, but I know, shocking, isn't it? My goodness, shiny things are everywhere. Look at them, they're so nice. Hey, so this morning... We're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a bit of a blast, okay? And my heart this morning is to be a little bit more of myself than I've ever really been before um, in front of everybody. I generally try to hold back a portion of my personality so that it doesn't get in the way of what it is I'm trying to convey. Uh, but today, it's kind of like the way that God wired me and the word that I want to bring are relatively one and the same. There's a lot of bigness this morning, okay? And so I just, I set the scene with that. I'm not asking for permission to be myself. It's, you know, it's just, we're meant to do that, okay? So just like... Brace yourselves this morning for some fun, okay? Cool. Cool. So we're doing a series called Lift Your Voice. Everybody say good morning. Good morning. That's great. That's great. So we're doing a series called Lift Your Voice. And the word that I have this morning is called This Means War. This Means War. And, and, and I'm quite excited with the topic that I have. I'm speaking around proclamations and declarations this morning. Um, and they're not always in the sense of spiritual warfare. They can be restorative, they can be creative. Um, but this morning, I want to camp in the way that they express themselves within a spiritual warfare context. And I think it's quite timely leading into Vision Sunday that we position our spirits with a, with a sense of attitude that we would seek to fight for what God has already taken hold of for us. Uh, and one of the key ways that we do that is with our proclamations and our declarations and the way that we align our lifestyle to be that we actually believe in what it is that we're declaring. Because when we give a declaration or a proclamation, it's not like we're just throwing something into this invisible supernatural atmosphere, hoping that we might get a return. Like, oh, I declare that I'm going to get a Ferrari. And then we just kind of, I just clear this and, you know, it's just like a numbers game. If I get all these declarations out there, maybe one of them will be the right one and, and I'll get something of God. That's, just, that's not what we are about. So this morning, I want to speak on, on a few different areas of how to issue a decree so that you see a return on, on what you've said. I, I want to teach this morning on, on how to escalate a supernatural atmosphere so that the atmosphere of Christ within you becomes the dominant force within that atmosphere. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, so let's just, let's just get right into it. Uh, a while ago, I was in Israel, and I was in a room with a bunch of Brazilian intercessors. 
which is an odd place to be. I'm in Jerusalem and I'm not with any Hebrews. I'm with a whole bunch of Brazilians and they are taking turns to prophesy and intercede over each one of the Kiwis that had come on this trip. And I found out later on that some of these Brazilians had come to pray. Like one of the guys is leading a church of 80,000 people and God had put on his heart to come pray for the Kiwis because they're believing for something supernatural to break open in our country. And so I'm with, with a couple of these guys, and I've got a wee audio clip I'll play for you in a little bit. Um, and they pray for me for 17 minutes. And you know, Brazilians, like you think that I'm loud. My gosh, like Brazilians are a passionate people. I was just kind of like, wow, okay. This is like, this is what I am like. But they're much better looking because they're Brazilian. It's like looking in an attractive mirror of personality. <sighs> And anyway, so they begin praying, and as they're praying, like, that, that's a terrible Brazilian accent, my gosh. Just delete that from your memory banks, it's easy. Um, they're praying for me, and as they begin praying, I get this vision, this clear picture of Thrive. And I see it, and it looks awesome, but then on the outside, there's a picture of Satan, and he's trying to wrap his arms around it to hem it in and bring a restriction around what God is wanting to do. And he's aware of, you know, the supernatural power of what Christ has placed in us. And he's trying to bring a containment and a restriction around what God is wanting to do. And as I saw this, like this rage began to rise up in me as I looked at his disgusting bony arms. And then God began to speak into the picture. And he began to say, Jared, I want you to become a battle prophet for me. And I want you to prepare Thrive Church for war. I want you to train them as warriors. Just get them battle ready. Get them battle ready. And, and why I'm really excited about this, and I'll try to just relax for a moment. Why I'm excited about this lift your voice is one of the, one of the key strategies that, that I've experienced in my life that the devil will use to bring a restriction around your faith is a fear of man. And the way that a, a fear of man operates um, that I've experienced, and you know, I'm definitely not the expert on the field, but I've definitely had my fair share of fears, um, is that there's, there's two components that create the right habitat for a fear of man to bring restriction ar around your life. And then one of the key ways that it manifests is actually it restricts the volume of your voice. And so what happens is when we have insecurities around ourselves, parts of the way we, we view ourselves outside of the heart of Christ, where we forget that we are a brand new creation, that we're fearfully made, when we forget that greater is He that lives in me, that He that is in the world, when we forget that we have been crucified in Christ and no longer live, but He lives in us, when we forget those components, we create room for an insecurity around our identity and it creates like a runway or a landing platform that creates a perfect environment for spirit of fear to then come and rest on our life. There's this nice runway of fear and doubt and insecurities and different things like that through life that we've experienced creates this beautiful runway and a spirit of fear likes to come on us and begin to feed into those insecurities and begin to confirm them with lies. And then the way that that can then begin to manifest itself, one of the common attributes of it is it brings a restriction around our voice.
It brings a restriction around our personality. It brings a restriction in the way we express ourselves. We begin to conform ourselves to an environment rather than conforming the environment to the culture of heaven. And so... You, you, can, you can see this in, in a church service, and I love that we have a loud church, and, but I'll, I want to share these things because these are areas that I still battle through, and, and there's still more victory and more ground to be taken. And so you can, one of the symptoms, if, if you might struggle with this, is that when, when a worship leader says, hey, we're going to lift up a voice, we're going to lift up a shout, and your shout just counts, kind of sounds like a church mouse, you know, and it can be an indication that there's some freedom to step into. When, when it comes for a time of prayer and you want to pray, but you feel like you could be sick because you're scared to speak out in public, that can be an indication that there is actually a spiritual force at work that is speaking lies around you. And it doesn't alter any of your worth. It doesn't alter any level of how excited God is about you, how incredible you are. But what it does is it brings a restriction around your freedom, which cuts down the level of joy that you get to experience. And, and for me, well, what I found, one of the tried and true ways of my life to break through fear of man is to do something really outlandishly odd that God is asking me to do in a public setting. When I remember being a teenager in the front row and everyone's in worship and God says, Jared, I'd love it if you would do push-ups for me right now. And I'm like, God, no. He goes, yeah, I'm like, why? I don't want to do that. Why? Because it's like, everyone will look at me. He's like, exactly. Everyone will look at you. And I'm like, I'll look stupid. He's like, exactly. Look stupid for me. And every time I do those things, fear breaks off me because I go, I would rather be controlled and influenced by my love for Christ than my fear of looking like an idiot. And so I want to open with a little chat around the fear of man because when it comes to issuing a decree or a proclamation, this is what my mom would always say to me whenever I was in trouble. Jared, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. You can have the most powerful sounding prayer, but when it comes from a place of fear rather than a foundation of authority, it doesn't carry any breakthrough. So another way we could say this, it's not what you say, but the place that you say it from that matters. When you remember who you are, and it becomes at times a conscious decision to arrest your different insecurities, It's not going, well, I have to have no insecurities before I do this. It's saying that, well, God, while we work on these insecurities over here, in spite of those, I'm going to go through the process of reminding myself who I am, of who you are, of who you say I am. And once I can get my head and my spirit to line up that I am indeed a son of the Most High, from this platform of peace and confidence, I will now address the problem with the decree and that will carry authority with it. Another way you could say this is just whatever gets the job done. Whatever gets the job done. It doesn't have to sound eloquent. You know, when God, I love this, God speaks in the Bible. The first time his voice is recorded and he says, let there be light. And if that was me and all my insecurities, I'd be like, oh my gosh, the first time my voice is going to get recorded. And 
Thousands and millions of people are going to read it. This had better be incredible. And I better do it just so because I'm trying to draw all mankind into myself. And this is the first time my voice will be recorded. I'm going to do this. Oh my gosh, if I do that, that might ruffle Michael's feathers. Um, I don't know if I should do that. Maybe I'll go see Gabriel. Maybe let's just get a team together. And God's like, you know what? I'm just sick of the fact that there's not light and there should be light. Why is there no light? I want light. Let there be light. And the universe had to comply. Whatever gets the job done. Um, Josh at the back there, bro, in a second we're going to play that video. So I want, to, I want to play you this video, okay? And now this is a little bit weird, this video. And if you're, if you're at church today and you're still on that journey of discovering your relationship with Jesus, sometimes Christians do things that look stupid, Okay? And it's hard to understand unless you have Christ alive inside of you. And the best way I can describe this is when I was younger, I found the radio very boring because I was wondering all the time, why are musicians obsessed with love songs? Why does the radio just insist on playing love songs over and over? Why are there no songs about action heroes on the radio? I would listen to those. And then I met Rowena. And all the songs suddenly began to make sense. I began listening, going, these songs make sense now. Now I understand. That's what it's like when you become a Christian. Christ comes alive in you. And things before that looked ridiculous, you go, man, that's beautiful. And things that you used to hold at a high value, you go, man, why did that get my attention? So I want to play you this clip because this, there's an audio clip here of these Brazilians praying for me. And bear in mind, there's other people in the room and they're all praying very respectfully in Portuguese, being translated. And then they, they asked me to do something that is going to break the fear of man off my life. And it was a pivotal moment. And since that moment, the, the direction that I've got from God, the supernatural dreams that I've been having and the way that He's been inputting into my life has been, for me, on an unprecedented level. And this was the catalyst moment of a declaration that broke off the fear of men. And I wasn't given the fortunate grace of being allowed to do it in English or Portuguese. And so feel free to think that I sound ridiculous. I was nervous to show it to you because it does sound very ridiculous. Please listen. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes in Christ, the ridiculous and the stupid is the key for your breakthrough. But what a fear of man will do, it'll, it'll shift your attention from the subtle voice of the presence of God to the loud voice of your insecurity or, or what the demonic is trying to bring a restriction around. So the, the, the first piece of encouragement that I want to give this morning, number one, when issuing a decree, plant yourself firmly on the foundation of Christ. Let that be the platform that dominates your thinking so that instead of giving heed to the what ifs and the insecurities that are all around us, just be in spite of those, I want to rise above to a greater truth, to a greater freedom, and I want to release what God has placed inside of me. All right, if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd love you to open them to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Um, this, is a, this is a famous chapter of the Bible. This is where David fights Goliath. And if you don't know this story, this is like my all-time favorite story. And uh, I think I preach on it every year. 
Um, but basically what happens, this is well before the time of Jesus. Um, everyone's fighting with swords and sticks and stones and spears and shields and it's, you know, epic times. And uh, Israel is at war with the Philistines, not to be mistaken with Palestine, totally different race of people. The Philistines no longer exist. And that, they've been um, at a standoff for 40 days and 40 nights and Goliath is a champion of Israel's enemy, the Philistines. And he's roughly around 10 feet tall. And he's busy saying to Israel, hey, instead of you having a big battle with my army and me with yours, pick one champion. If he kills me, we'll become your servants. If I kill him, you become our servants. Let's just have a gladiator match right here in the Valley of Elah. And so David goes out to meet Goliath. And I just want to read a small segment from verse 45 of that chapter. Oh, sorry, 43. Goliath said, he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. See, he's speaking from his foundation. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and I'll cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the year and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, but the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. In, in spiritual conflict and spiritual warfare, Decrees and declarations present an interesting opportunity where as sons and daughters of God, we reserve the right to escalate the situation to our advantage. So this is the unique thing. It's, it's Goliath is saying, you fight me, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to feed you to the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. And David, on that foundation of Christ, takes that opportunity to escalate the entire situation and says, well, I'm going to kill you, and then I'm going to chop off your head, and then I'm going to kill your army, and I'm going to feed all of them to the wild animals, and then the entire globe is going to know who God is. Everyone here is going to witness it. The whole world will know because of this moment. And Goliath is kind of going, well, I was just going for one guy. Now he's going for the entire world. How did this escalate out of hand so quickly? And this is, this is the unique thing. And this is, this is what I have found myself doing so often in a spiritual conflict is that I settle so easily and so quickly to simply restore back to what I had before. You know, a spiritual conflict will come up and, you know, it might be like I'll be leading something and my attitude or like an anxiety might come up and these thoughts are going, this is going to fail and there's not the funds and not the finances and all the situations are looking like that is correct. And I'll go into a spiritual warfare mode of declaring, but instead of escalating the situation, what I've done in the past is I've just gone, I want my peace back. I just want to see the original vision achieved. But what God is wanting to do, I feel what He's saying this morning over us as a church is don't miss the opportunity to escalate for my glory. My kingdom is a kingdom that goes from glory to glory. So I'll put this in an example of, of, say, a business where you could be having your business and you're leading your business well, but it comes under attack and finances get really tight. And so you go into a declaration mode. Oh, God, I declare and proclaim. 
over the situation, your peace and the provision of Christ, there will be enough money to pay the wages. We will get through this season. God, you are faithful to bring to completion that which you've started. Solid, good declaration. But there is an opportunity to build bigger than that. And go, I declare that we are going to get new clients. I see a fresh provision over my business. I see other companies around me in our community coming and asking me how our business got turned around. There will be opportunities coming up to share Jesus with people and the influence is going to grow. And as we continue to grow and develop under this style of faith leadership, our business is going to become of one of national repute and companies overseas are going to begin to look to see what it is that we have built. So there's this thing of God where where He goes, well, you know what, where where the enemy has come to kill, steal and destroy, I see an incredible opportunity to escalate the advancement of my kingdom. If you would take a hold of this warfare nature, we go, well, you tried to take this from me, so I will now take everything from you. See, I love that Jesus came to heal the sick, but He also came to destroy all the works of the devil. He's like, you know, I'm not just going to come give people salvation for heaven. I'm coming for everything. I'm going to destroy every scheme the evil, evil devil has ever come up with. See, for us as a church, it's not just about our own micro comfort. It's about the global impact of the cause of Christ. See, I have zero interest, as I feel like we all would, of having a church that continues to grow if all it is is a glorified club. No one here has that in their DNA. We don't want a glorified club. We want want a vehicle which the power of Christ can flow through to bring transformation to our community, that our community could bring transformation to a region, that a region could become a city on a hill to a nation that can set the example for the world. So when we have challenge come against us, if if our attitude is, how can we resolve this for ourselves, then we fail to reach that big picture. But if we shift our perspective to how can we use this as a catalyst to see the bigness of God break through in a new level, then we have David moments. So when issuing a decree, plant yourself firmly on the foundation of Christ, shaking off a fear of man. When issuing a decree... Reserve the right to escalate the situation for the kingdom of heaven. Now, I, I wanted to, to bring the spiritual warfare component this morning because this week, leading into Vision Sunday, I've had a couple dreams. And the, the first dream I had was about Tom Jones. You know, he's a leader. And you know, that guy, whoa, yeah. I love Tom Jones, truth be known. He's a cool guy. Um, So I had this dream about Tom Jones, and in the dream, Tom Jones was freaking out because his wife was pregnant, and he had just received a report that she was going to lose the baby. And so he's he's like lying down, shaking with fear, going, like, my wife's going to lose the baby. And I was there with a bunch of Christians, and we gathered around him and began to pray for him. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm just praying, praying, praying. And then the Holy Spirit, like fire in the dream, burst out in me. And I could feel this rush of God's presence. And I began to declare and proclaim breakthrough and healing over the baby, that the baby was going to come to full term. Death, I curse you and I break you off. You know, all those great Pentecostal things that just get your blood flowing, you know. And, uh, 
And then I woke up from the dream and it was such a vivid dream. I thought, flip, you know, so often dreams represent when it comes about babies and pregnancy to God doing a new thing or releasing something new. But in the dream, the devil was trying to rob it and trying to, trying to abort the process, trying to miscarry what God was wanting to release. And so I looked up the meaning of the name Tom and, and Thomas means twin. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not just one thing that God's wanting to release. It's, it's something big. It's, it's, a, it's a bigger picture thing. It's more than just for us. It doesn't just impact us. It goes beyond. And so then the next night I went to sleep and I had another dream. And in this dream, there was a child from Thrive and she was pregnant, but she was far too young biologically to be able to get pregnant. And I went to a birthday party and this, this girl was there and she was about eight months pregnant. Her belly out was out like a basketball. And I went, whoa, how the heck did this happen? And uh, I went over to talk to Edward because he was hosting this party and this kid was visiting the party. And I said, Edward, what's going on? How did this happen? He goes, oh, I'm just pregnant. I went, for how long? He goes, for eight months. And I'm like, did it? Had she been showing signs? Did she just wake up like with this basketball? She goes, no, no, she's been showing signs of pregnancy the whole way through, but you didn't see it. You couldn't, you couldn't perceive what was happening. And I said, well, what else is going on? He goes, well, there's this big confusion around the extended family of who will get to look after the baby. They're in like a chaos of, of tension of who will have the rights. If something happens to the young mum, who's going to get the rights to this child? And they're in a fight over it. So the future grandmother has circumnavigated the whole conflict and has come to me and asked me to be the child's godfather. And I woke up from the dream having the sense that, that God has been doing something. But for me personally, I have not even been able to perceive the bigness of what He's doing and how it is almost upon us. This new thing that He's wanting to do. And it's almost here. And it's like the sense of, of like, this shouldn't even be physically possible. But God is like, man, I don't want to, He's like, I don't want to do the impossible. That's boring. God loves to look in darkness and go, there should be light already. Let it just be like that. But in the first dream, it was like the devil was wanting to, to, to abort the process. And in the second dream, it's like, well, the baby's going to come. And if it comes, who's going to have the right over it? And it was like this political spirit trying to muck in with the process. But in the dream, they just went to Eduardo. And I said, Edward, you be the godfather. So I looked up the meaning of the name Edward. It means wealthy guardian. And what I feel like Holy Spirit is saying is, oh, I want to deliver something to my church. I want to deliver something to you, but be aware, Satan wants to try and abort the process. But I want to deliver it, but be aware that it could cause a bit of confusion for people. And the spiritual realm, I want to try and bring a confusion around it. But speaking of himself, God is saying, but I am speaking of himself, the wealthy guardian. If you declare me over it, if you place my authority over it, if you take the vision that I am releasing, the new season, and you place it into my care and protection, and you declare and proclaim me as a wealthy guardian over the season and the newness that I'm bringing, then I can bring it to its fullness and I can bring it to a maturity. So the third thing I want to touch on is when issuing a decree... Follow it with action. So this is what happens is I see so many people and 
prophetic moments where people catch a hold of what God is saying and they issue a declaration or they issue a decree or they utter a prophecy. And then it's like, almost like the prophetic word falls flat. And they feel like just by speaking it out, that has achieved the fullness of its purpose. But it so often, because I don't want to give a blanket statement, but often it hasn't. See, David looks at Goliath and says, I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to defeat your entire army and the entire world. And now I don't know how many thousands of years later we are now, but we're still talking about it. The proclamation is so true. The entire world will know of this. He didn't then just turn around and be like, wow, I declared it so I can go. But I was the next verse, and he ran to meet the giant. He ran to it. So it is, it is one thing to offer a decree. It is another thing to enforce the decree. It is another thing to be like, well, I've said it, and now, well, my duty is done, you know, whatever. It cost me nothing. It's something else entirely to be aware of who you are, to sense the responsibility and the cause and the conviction of the season that you're in, to say, you know what, God, I will put my shoulder to the plow. I will utter the decree in alignment with what you're releasing. And then I'll look and ask, Holy Spirit, what do I do about it? I am a co-laborer of Christ. What does my labor look like? The very first clue that I want to give you to, to understand practically what are you meant to do to partner the physical with the supernatural is just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. If you did begin to de declare, for example, over Thrive, I declare breakthrough over finances. Give more. It's really simple. Give an increase. If you begin to clear over someone, I declare healing over this person, then go into a time of praise, thanking God for His healing and His wonder. If you go oh, over my business, I declare prosperity, take a step of faith and give your staff a pay rise. Do something of your nature that shows that you believe that what you have said is right and true and filled with the power of God. See, David had everything on the line. If he failed, his whole nation Technically, we're going to become subject to the Palestinians. Philistines, awkward. Sorry, Palestine. <sighs> but so, so he runs. He's so committed. I know who God is. I know who I am. I know the authority that I speak of. Therefore, my actions, there will be a correlation between what I say and what I do. And so my encouragement and my expectation on each one of us, 100% myself included, because you know I say like before, like I have so often, 99% of the time, I've missed the opportunity to escalate the situation. But in this season, I really want to encourage us as, as a church to recognize the season that we're in. There would be men who are aware of the times and, and we would issue decrees and they would pay attention to the prophetic words coming out of our mouth and we would say, all right, what am I going to do to align my actions with the revelation that I just prophesied? See, it's, it's when, when you do that and you lift your voice, you shake off a fear of man, you become grounded again in spite of fear and insecurities on the greater truth of the revelation of Christ. And, and, and then you, you look at the intimidation of the enemy and just go, well, stuff you. I'm going to go 20 times bigger than what you tried to bring against me. I'm bringing the weight of heaven. You, you tried to intimidate me. You tried to, you tried to restrict me from sharing my faith. I mean, like, if you just go, God, I declare salvation. Then this week... Begin telling people about Jesus. 
let, let the faith actions be their own fulfillment of the prophetic word. You are the living prophetic fulfillment of what you utter. Because no one's interested in a church that's a glorified club. No one wants that. People don't want to come set up the chairs at 7.30 in the morning for a club. We don't have a club. We have the, we have the right arm of the Father of God. We, we, are, we are the sons and daughters of the Most High. We are called and we are chosen for such a time as this. This is who we are. And there is a mandate on the house of God to fulfill the Word of God, to be the bride that brings restoration. The Bible says, do you not know that you are ambassadors? Given the ministry of reconciliation, Paul says, don't you know that people will not give their life to me if you do not preach it? Don't you know that you will not preach unless you go? Do you not know that you will not go unless you are sent? Therefore, I am sending you. It only happens when the sons of God, God and the daughters of God wake up inside themselves and realize who they am and see that this is a new day and God is doing a new thing. He is about to deliver fresh promises. There is a fresh Word of God. There is a fresh oil for the season. Satan's not stupid, but he's incredibly weak. Not stupid, but incredibly weak. And if we allow apathy and distraction to rob us of the season, declarations will fall short because it takes the body of Christ to see the harvest come in. Jesus said, pray for God for the harvesters to come because the harvest is ripe, but the work is a few. At the end of the day, when everything is all said and done, my personal conviction is nothing matters on the face of this planet outside the cause of Christ. Outside seeing His kingdom come, outside seeing broken people restored, outside sick people healed and the lost saved and, and the oppressed delivered and the dead raised and disciples of nations made. Nothing matters outside the cause of Christ that His kingdom will come till it covers the entire earth. I'd like you to stand for me for a moment. We're just going to take two minutes, just where we're standing. And DB is just going to play. And what I'm wanting is I ask that we would just take for a moment and begin to utter some decrees and declarations from our own heart over what God is doing over us in this season. We are the collective expression of Thrive, which is one of the local houses of God. Tonight, if you'd like to come here at Thrive from 6 to 7, we're going to be having a, a, a prayer time. If you want to come and continue as a body to declare and proclaim that what God is releasing over this season will come to its full maturity. For God will not be mocked. So just for two minutes now, let's just stand and let us pray and declare. And if you'd like to come again tonight from 6 to 7 here, we will continue this process of declaring that God will bring the unfinished works of Christ to their full completion. Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, we declare your breakthrough. God, we declare your anointing. God, we declare your healing. 
God, we declare the righteousness of Christ bringing mankind towards You, God. We thank You that it is the goodness of God that brings man to repentance. God, we thank You for the season of the new things that You're releasing. Holy Spirit, we declare Your breakthrough over Glen and Deb as they see more and more the supernatural realms become clearer and clearer that each one of us would begin to perceive the hour of responsibility that You're calling us to, God, that we would be arising up inside each one of us, God, that we would see and take a hold of, God, the areas of the kingdom that You are calling us to establish for Your glory. God, we thank You that it's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God, that every battle belongs to the Lord Almighty, the Creator of the heavens and the earth. God, we thank You that You go before us and You make a way and we get to walk in the footsteps of Christ that the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. God, we declare fresh encounters of Your presence this week. We declare fresh outpouring of Your Spirit. We declare the manifestation of the glory of God breaking out in our community. God, I just thank You right now for fear being pulled down and shattered, for lies and the oppressed nature of the devil being shattered under our feet. God, I thank You that You've given us the right and the privilege to trample snakes and scorpions to escalate every conflict for the glory of God. Holy Spirit, God, we just thank You for the encouragement and the endorsement of Your name. That on everything that You have created, You seal it with Your blood and with Your Spirit, that we stand in the righteousness of Christ, free of the condemnation of the accuser, showered in the praise of the Father. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your fulfillment. I thank you there are one or two are gathered in, uh, two or more gathered in your name, that your unity commands a blessing. God, I just thank you for the cause of Christ just arresting our imaginations to a whole nother level. Christ, I thank you that you are the greatest adventure. And Lord, we want to add our amen to all the things that you are already decreeing. God, our heart is to capture the voice of the Father. Lord, we agree that You are releasing a new thing. God, we agree that it's more than just for us. It is a dynamic, like a twin nature, God. It is like a double portion. It is for our house, but it is, it is not limited or restricted to our expression. God, we thank You that no matter what the scheme of the enemy is, Lord, they have already been defeated on Calvary. That Christ crucified has crushed every enemy that would come against us. That He is totally weak and powerless. And we just rise in the nature of Christ this week. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Awesome. I'd like to welcome Glenn up. Thank you, church. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that's happening by following us on social media.